0: Happy Easter, everyone. I miss worshiping with you all, especially on Easter Sunday. Our collection of He is Risen Indeed videos makes me smile, and it's the next best thing to being together on Easter morning and being able to say it uh, in person. This Easter Sunday, I find myself wondering how you and I can hold on to hope in the midst of a world in chaos. And the Easter is all about the celebration of hope. It's a celebration of God's love triumphing over evil. It's about light wiping out the darkness. It's about new life emerging from death. But right now, in our world, it feels like there is only death all around us. And so on this Easter, I find myself wondering, how can you and I cling to hope? One of the ways I'm aware that death is all around us is just literally in the number of people who are dying. This COVID virus is really killing a lot of people. In the last major tragedy we faced in the United States, September 11th, about 2,700 people died on that day. In New York alone, over 8,000 people have died from this COVID illness. People all around the world are facing death, and we're hearing about it daily on the news. There's literally death all around us. But there's a lot of other ways that you and I are facing death as well. I know that for some of us, it feels like there is a death of our dreams because we've watched our retirement savings dwindle. And you're wondering maybe how many extra years you're gonna have to work that you hadn't planned on before because of the economic toll this virus is taking. I've talked to other people who've experienced a sort of death of career right now. Virus is seriously impacting your ability to work. You've maybe had to lay off people or you've been laid off yourself. I've heard from doctors that they may have to take a pay cut because all resources are being shifted to COVID patients. I've heard from a family member who has a friend who started a small business and their business is going under because they work in the restaurant industry. I've talked to others of you who are experiencing the effects of COVID in more indirect ways. You're struggling to get any work done because now you're an unintentional homeschool teacher. I've heard from others of you that that the stay-at-home order has caused conflict and tension in your marriage and this Pain and disappointment and disillusionment is also a form of death. And there's grief and loss and sadness. All around us, there is death. And it can feel overwhelming. I'm sure it does feel overwhelming to some of you. Your experience of this may be very acute right now. And so on this Easter morning, I find myself wondering, where can we find hope? Where can you find hope? Where can I find hope? In the midst of all the death and all the ways that we experience death, I want us to be hopeful people. I want to be a hopeful person. Not in the saccharine, sweet kind of, I'm always just positive and cheery sort of way. Not in that shallow sort of way, but in the the Deep, immovable sort of hope that no matter what is going on, my hope is rooted in something sure. And it brings stability and peace and, and it gives me the capacity to love those closest to me no matter what the circumstances are or what I find myself in. That's the kind of hope that Jesus wants to give to you and to me today if we can cling to him by faith. If you're new here, throughout Lent, we've been in this sermon series on the parables of Jesus. And I've said that the parables that Jesus told are these little stories or illustrations that he uses to deceive us into some spiritual truth about the kingdom or the spiritual life or what it means to be spiritually mature. And they're unexpected a lot of times. And in our passage for today, in this parable, it's short, but Jesus is deceiving us into the truth that uh, in order to grow spiritually mature, in order to have spiritual depth, we have to go through an experience of death. Jesus is about to experience or go to his own death, and he's telling this parable so that his disciples will have hope that there is something good that God is doing in the midst of their experience of his death. Jesus explains that there is this good thing that God is doing in the midst of death and loss, and he's telling this parable so that his disciples will have hope. We read about it in John chapter 12, verses 23 through 24. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. This parable is pretty simple. He's comparing his life with the life of a seed. And in order for a new plant to spring up and bear more seeds, the original seed must cease to exist, must be buried in the ground and then transformed. Here's an image of of a seed of wheat and then the way that when it becomes a full plant, it produces many more seeds. (coughs) Jesus says that when he dies, it's not the end. He's telling his disciples that his death will be like the planting of a seed. His, His body in its current form will pass away That's only because he will be transformed into something better, his resurrection body. And then, because of this transformation into this new body, many more seeds will come to life. Now, there's a lot of different ways to interpret this parable. There's probably a lot of different meanings and and implications that we can take out of it. But thankfully, Paul picks up this parable or this imagery uh, a little while later, years after Jesus' resurrection, when he writes a letter to the Corinthians. He uses the exact same thing to explain the very nature of the resurrection that you and I can hope for. He says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 to 44. But some of you will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds have another, and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind, and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon has another, and the stars another, and stars differ from star in splendor. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Paul is talking about the same thing, the same kind of thing that Jesus talked about when he was trying to describe what was going to happen in his own death. When Jesus used the parable, he used it to describe what would happen to him and the impact that his death would have on the world. But when Paul uses this parable, he uses it to explain what will happen to you and me when we die. (coughs) Excuse me. When you and I die, it's like planting a seed. The seed in its original form goes away, but only so that something new and better can emerge, a better life, a more beautiful life, an imperishable life. This is what happened to Jesus and this is what will happen to us in fact paul is saying that it is precisely because it happened to jesus that we can be confident that it will happen to us he he calls jesus the first fruits in the verses right before what i just read in verse 20 he says this but christ has indeed been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep It's like God is the farmer, and he goes out to check on the harvest, and he wants to see how things are going, so he he plucks a piece of fruit off the tree, just one fruit. This is the first fruit. It's representative of all that is to come when the full harvest happens. That's what Paul is saying. Jesus is the first fruit, and you and I are the harvest that is to come later. This means that our hope is rooted in the resurrection of Jesus Jesus is the pioneer. He has gone first. He has gone before us. He has gone through death and come out the other side, raised to new life. And so, what that means is that when you and I are facing death, our hope is that Jesus has been raised from the dead. In our natural state, we're afraid to die, it scares us, it's unknown. But the resurrection of Jesus is supposed to give us hope so that when we die, we know we're going to undergo this transformation into something better, just like Jesus did, the the way that the disciples saw this happen to Jesus. In normal life, we don't think about death that much. I mean, if you're a doctor and you work in an area where your patients sometimes die, you know, you are confronted with and experience death more regularly than the rest of us. But but really for the rest of us, our lives are, are basically death-free. We don't see animals die that we eat. We don't see loved ones die very regularly. Uh, we, we really have lives excised of death. But now, with the advent of COVID-19, death really feels closer. It feels all around And so it's important as we face death in all of these ways to remember that you and I have this sure hope. Jesus was resurrected from the dead as the first fruits of our future resurrection. Just as Jesus triumphed over death, so too will you and I experience transformation through the power of the Spirit that dwells in us now. This means that death is a gateway to our our transformation in the same way that a seed is transformed from a small, tiny seed into something much more beautiful and bigger. Not too long ago, I met a woman in a training program that I'm a part of. And she, a few years ago, had a near-death experience. And she shared her story with us one day. She had been having some car trouble, so she pulled her car over on the side of the road, and she got out to check on what was going on with her car. And as she got out of the car, a truck driving by side swiped her car and hit her directly as she was out of her car, and she went flying through there. She was thrown into the air through this truck. And her two high school-age children were in the car, and they witnessed this happening. There also happened to be uh, a doctor who was driving in his car a little ways back on the road, and he, witnessed, he saw this whole thing happen. So he immediately pulled over and ran to her. So both her two children and this doctor were running to her. She had been tossed a long way in the air. And as soon as they got there, they realized that she was in serious trouble. She wasn't breathing, called an ambulance, and when the ambulance arrived, she was pronounced dead. Somehow, some way, however, She returned to her body, came back to life, as sometimes happens. And and since then, she has mostly recovered. She still has chronic pain. She's had to undergo many surgeries. Um, She's limited in some ways by her accidents. However, she's fully alive. She's returned to her normal life. She's a university professor. She's returned to work. Now, this isn't a story of resurrection. It's more a story of res- resuscitation or coming back to life. But it's as if she has crossed, she did cross over into death for a short period of time. And as she did, she got to, to see, she had to go before us and see what is on the other side after we die. And then she's come back and she's shared what she experienced. And as she tells her story, as I heard her tell her story, the primary thing that she described is simply the absence of any fear and the fullness of love. When I heard her talking about this, she was struggling to describe what it was like, but she basically just said, it's like there's just love everywhere. It's like the whole world is just saturated with love. And she said, she didn't know how to describe it. So she said, it's like gold dust it has been just sprinkled over the entire world. This gold dust, it feels like God's presence and God's love. And everywhere you look, there's you can feel God, God's presence and God's love. For some reason right now, you and I can't see that. But for her, as she crossed over, momentarily, she was able to experience the transformation of this world and become aware of the way the whole world sparkles with the love and presence of God. And as I listened to her story, I felt comforted. She's just this normal person. I see her regularly. I enjoy talking to her. She's intelligent, kind, grounded. Her husband's an Anglican priest. She's a university professor, as I mentioned. She's committed to the work of justice. She does work with migrant workers in Texas. And hearing someone I respect talk about what it felt like to to experience the first moments of death, minutes of death, gave me comfort about my future. I know I will die one day, and her testimony gives me hope because she's gone before And this is what the disciples are trying to do when they're telling the story of Jesus' resurrection. They too have seen the other side of death. They got a glimpse of what our future will be. And they're giving us their testimony to what awaits us in the resurrection. They look at Christ and they see what is to come for us. And they're telling us, God is full of love for you and for me. And Jesus has gone ahead of us to prepare the way. And Paul is telling us the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you and me now. So our hope is that when we face death, God's spirit can transform our experience of death into something bigger and better and more beautiful the way a seed becomes a plant. Death, he says, is a gateway to our resurrection life. A necessary transition to a full life and a full world full of God's love and presence. So the invitation this Easter Sunday is for you and me to have faith. To believe that God's spirit can transform our experience of death. The invitation is to believe. To believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. And that this historical fact is an anchor of faith for our soul. It's something that is solid that this happened. And so we can hold on to it and build our hope on it for a better future whenever we face loss or grief or death because the Spirit did this in Jesus can do this in you and me too. I wish I could prove to you that this is what God did and this is what God will do for you so that we can have this hope. But it's not something that I can prove for you. It's not something I can even prove for myself. This is something that you and I must choose to believe by faith. I believe that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And I want to share just a few reasons because I'm hoping that if I share the reasons why I believe that Jesus was resurrected from the dead, it might help you to choose to believe. The first reason is just because of the abundance of eyewitnesses. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, talks about hundreds of people who saw Jesus raised from the dead, and he names individuals by name who saw Jesus. And when Paul writes this letter and names people by name who saw Jesus raised from the dead, the Corinthians could have read this letter, and then they could have gone out and talked to those people because those people were still alive. They could have gone in interviews. You really saw Jesus? A second reason is it's a matter of historical record that Jesus' body was not found. Despite the fact that he was buried in a tomb with a large rock in front of it, there's a Roman seal on the tomb, and that there were guards standing in front of it, somehow his body disappeared. And there's no plausible explanation for how this happened, apart from the resurrection. And lastly, and maybe even most convincingly to me, is the lives of Jesus' disciples. They testified to the truth of what they were saying. The most consistent criticism of the resurrection is that the disciples stole the body and then made the story up as a sort of hoax in order to start this religion, grab hold of power or something like that. But all of Jesus' closest disciples who told this story, who bore witness to his resurrection, all of them died, were killed for their faith with the exception of the the Apostle John. They were killed for telling the story of Jesus' resurrection. And it's just hard for me to believe that they would be willing to die for this story if they didn't believe it in the depth of their being. If they had made it up, if it was a hoax, if it was a lie, it's hard for me to believe that they would be willing to die for it. So these things cause me to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. And while this is miraculous, it's plausible. It's the most plausible explanation. I can't think of another explanation that's more plausible. Doesn't mean I can prove it. Doesn't mean that I'm even certain. I can never be certain. But it makes sense to me. It makes the most sense to me. It's the most plausible explanation to me. So I choose to believe in it. And what's more, I've experienced firsthand the way the Spirit brings about resurrection in my life. In me, out of my many death-like experiences. There are countless small ways that I experienced the spirit bringing about this resurrection life in me into my small death-like experiences. And this also helps me continually go deeper and deeper in faith and belief. Over the last 20 years or so, God's given me deep happiness in the face of tremendous loss and death. In my vocational world, It fell apart about 15 years ago, and I felt like, if any of you have ever gone through these vocational career crises, you felt like a part of me had died, and I couldn't exist without a job, I was embarrassed in who I was, and yet it was in this loss that God met me, and God's Spirit redeemed that experience and taught me how to cling to love as my primary source of identity so much joy and peace has come as a result of that death. In other ways, I've experienced pain and frustration, as all of us have in our marriages. Anyone who's married knows that there is death involved in marriage. You come together, two people, and each person has to die a little bit in order to support and encourage and love the other person. But as I've been willing to sacrifice my own selfishness and serve my spouse, the Spirit has given me new, joy-filled life. Same is true in our families. If you're a kid, I'm sure you've experienced frustration, heard from your parents, sometimes feeling, it's not fair, they don't understand me. But as you choose to serve your parents and embrace the limitations of your life, which is a form of death, God's Spirit can transform Form your life and your experiences of frustration. And there's so many other places I face death. Uh, I haven't had so many times in my life when I felt like I don't have enough money. So many times in my life where I, there's been a death of frustration with my body. I don't have the body I want, or I felt sick or injured. I've had to accept death when I face rejection and friendship, or the pain of abandonment when somebody has left our church community. These are real deaths. There's real pain here. They they prefigure our future, ultimate, and final death, all the loss that we experience in them. But in all of these things, God has been with me, and God's Spirit has been there to transform my experience of death into something richer and deeper. As Paul says in Romans 8, if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. This very real experience for me of death is the context in which God's spirit has brought new life. And this is why I believe that God can raise the dead. I've experienced it in my many deaths. The Spirit transforming my encounters with death into new life, into something bigger and better. And so in the midst of this pandemic and in midst of you and me finding ourselves in a world surrounded by death, the hope I want to offer you is that God can bring new life to you. Whatever death you are experiencing today, God can transform it. That is our Easter hope. The invitation is to believe. Believe with me in the resurrection believe that one day in the future, you and I will die. But when we die, whether it's in small ways tomorrow or in the days to come or in big ways in the years to come or ultimately when we lose our jobs or health or money or or just whatever as we age, know that God can transform these many deaths into something bigger and better. God's spirit is with me and he is with you to raise us from the dead. Your death will be like the death of a seed, the necessary burial of one form of life to pave the way for the transformation into something much bigger, better, and more beautiful. This is what happened to Jesus. This is what is happening to us, and it will happen to us in the future. This is our sure hope on Easter Sunday. God bless you today. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.